Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Welcome to Copfather. I am Craig Brumell, along with Dennis Cornelius. How are you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? This morning, I was talking to quite a few people, and everybody asked, you know, their first thing is, how are you doing? You know, are you being safe? You're doing all that. And I always say, you know what? Everything's good. Everything's, you know, you know, we're getting by. You know, we're being safe, common sense, and all that. You know, the truth of the matter is, it's fucking brutal, man. I mean, it's brutal. I'm a diabetic. I'm 50 pounds overweight. I smoke cigars. I miss a lot of things now. Now it's becoming too much. I think we're being phony. I don't want to be phony anymore if people ask me, how are you doing? It's like, nah, I've had it. Now I've had it. You know, I miss a lot of things. So listen, a lot of news, a lot of negative news in, uh, recently with uh, things to do with cops. I mean, everywhere. There, there's no good news stories. And a buddy of mine called me up from Florida and said, uh, Watch the podcast, great stuff. But he says, what's what's going on behind the blue line? Great question. Never heard it put that way before. I'm going to tell you right now, so I get I see all this social chat with all the different groups with cops. I belong to a lot of organizations still. I hear the chatter of the officers are afraid to say anything. And it is a fucking disaster out there behind the scenes, behind the blue line, for a number of reasons when I ran the union and we used to go and talk to the recruits, the new recruit class. And sometimes there's a hundred, 150 in there and they would allow us to go in and say, we're the union. This is what we're going to do for you. And we started saying to them after a while, listen, there is six of you or seven of you in this room during your career. They're going to, they're going to disregard who you are. You're a number. You, you didn't do anything wrong, but all of a sudden you're going to be front page news. Your picture is going to be out there because you've been accused of something and you're going to have to explain to your family and your neighbors. And all of a sudden you're an asshole. Majority of the time it comes back. Even if you get charged, you get cleared. And that's the reality of what's going on in your future career. We're going to tell you the truth. I think that lecture lasted twice and the service stopped us from going to see the new recruits. So we had to go see them on our own. But we wanted to be honest with them. There's stories about the amount of stress with the front line right now. Everywhere. Suicides. Mental health. And you know, Dennis, 90, and you know this, you've, you've interviewed a lot of cops over the years. You know a lot of them now. 90% of the problem that's stress, it's something that's happened within the walls of the station. Coppers are like so well trained on dealing with on the road stuff outside of the station. The asshole on the street rushing in when everybody's rushing away. They have no problem doing that. They don't suffer from that 
majority of the time. But if there's an incident or accusation or an investigation, it messes the copper up, no matter who they are. It will mess up your platoon. You feel like you've been boxed. You feel like it's not fair. And the college, police college anywhere in North America, doesn't prepare you for that. You're front page news, and it's bad. Down the road, majority of the time, you're going to get cleared. But just put up with the bullshit in the meantime. No help. And this is coming from internal. This is coming from saving the integrity of the police service over your integrity. We were notorious for staying on top of that and warning you ahead of time. And you've heard it all. You know a lot of the stories I'm talking about. And it's today. It's been going on for a long time. Coppers always say I can put up with the streets, but I can't put up with the internal bullshit that goes on and lowering the boom on me from inside. And it's, it's happened so many times, and I'm seeing it today. I'm hearing it today. Put your mind to a street copper or copper in general. It's a disgrace what's going on, uh, police services with upper management. I just watched a show on the Fifth Estate here about a deputy chief in Ottawa that's been suspended because of sexual harassment. There was a chief in Halton. The chief in Halton went to Florida when he shouldn't have, came back, got a kiss, no punishment. In the meantime, officers have been charged for leaving the country when they shouldn't have and, and came back. They're treated like shit. This chief kept his job. Here in Toronto, there's an interim chief that's taken forever. We have elections that go on for three weeks to vote and pick a prime minister, and this thing's going to go into a year to pick the chief. And there's only seven people involved in the process, and that's the police service board. Why it's taken so long? There's an interim chief. They just had two chiefs leave for whatever reason. There's a huge gap on the leadership, and I'm, I'm a cop, and this is what I'm being told. I'm sitting behind the scenes thinking, what the hell's going on here? There's a lot of confusion. And that's why we've always, I always preached the only friends you're going to have are within the union or each other. And if you have a weak union, then you're on your own with your partner or your platoon partners. And it's, I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it all the time. Whether it's politicians or upper management come out and really say things are rosy, things are good. No, it's not. There's a lot of suffering going on behind the scenes. Well, you cited three or four instances where the cops made mistakes. They were guilty. The guy flew out to do, I don't know, property or like you can't complain when the police make mistakes and they're caught. When you say charge, but you're going to be cleared, that's not the case. A bad cop usually is going to get in trouble. bro. Yeah, but even no matter what the accusation is or what the charges are, most of the time they get cleared. That's the truth. The vast majority of the time they get cleared. But when there's two standards of punishment, like if a chief in Halton goes to Florida and he shouldn't have caused an embarrassment, the chair of the police service board there resigned over it, and he keeps his job, and I understand with no punishment, but I've been told that there are officers that have done the same thing that have been disciplined. So that's what's causing confusion out there. That's an internal that's issue which I'm talking about. Yeah, but that's, that's bad judgment, and, you know, I think what... It's a, it's a vicious circle. I think, unfortunately, with the, the PTSD that you talked about, the, the fear of what's going to happen this shift, am I the next guy that in the heat of the moment makes that mistake and now all my neighbors know what my last night looked like? That's, I feel, who wants the job anymore? No, and who wants it? No, and they... And they there's a huge shortage of officers across the board. And this is, I'm talking about Canada. They, they, they can't get them to come in. I mean, it's such negative out there. I would really think twice. So I tell people to think twice before you join. 
One thing they never talk about is across the board with all police services are the walking wounded. There's a lot of legitimate walking wounded officers that can't work on the streets for whatever reason. And that depletes the numbers down. If you have a walking wounded of between 5 or 10% of a service, you're in a lot of trouble. And those are people that can't perform their duties legitimately for whatever reason. That never gets talked about. I am hearing and I'm seeing and I'm reading that it's really, it's bad. Morale is bad. Morale has always been bad. But there's such a, and throw in all the anti-police bullshit, things happen down in the States. It affects officers up here in Canada. There's a lot of confusion. They are targets, but they're targets on the inside also. Don't mess up. You know, and, and even breaking that down, there's always 20% of the service who just are management people. They're going to do whatever. They're, you know, they're glory people that just will do whatever the service says, does, until they get in trouble. You know, when I was doing my job, that's when they would come looking for help, mainly for to get us to play for the lawyers and to have some kind of support. But over and over again, reading the headlines, things that's going on, it's causing a lot of confusion out there. And the rules are being changed all the time. What can I do? How, how can I go do my job? What is the right thing to do now? And it's overall, it's everything. But a lot, majority of it's from the inside. The oversight on a police officer is massive, like no other profession out there. 12 agencies can clear you of an incident and the 13th fine you did something wrong they'll charge you and it and it whether it's right or wrong there's so many different agencies that look at everything you do and there there's a lot of people suffering and forget about the crime i'm not talking about the crime in the street shootings all that across the board are, are bad you know the, the violent crime is up everything's up and i this has nothing to do with the virus this is all shit that was going on beforehand there's a lot of hypocrites also out there, a small group among rank and file that just pray it's not going to happen to them. But like I said, recruit class, we would make it clear. You're going to get fucked. We don't know how, when, but a lot of you in this room are going to get fucked. Just be ready for it. They're not, they're not giving you the heads up in police college 101 that this will happen, that you'll be on the front page and you'll be embarrassed and it's going to affect your mental health over and over again. The integrity of a police service everywhere is primary number one out there. You're not, your integrity, your life, when it comes to getting ready, because, you know, police services, they eat their own. They're famous for it. That's why I had the style we did. That's why I made sure, you want to you wanna come after us? We're going to come after you. I heard, even face-to-face, -face, testimonies from police that were either scapegoated, and for every dozens of times I heard this, there was nowhere to go. Uh, so a lot of things had to be done. Unfortunately, uh, your men in black that you referenced, I think a lot of things happened way under the surface and away from the camera lens and the microphone. Yeah, we were we were good because we took care of things behind the scenes. And I'm never one for supporting. I never supported, we'll call it dirty cop. We, had, we did have some. And I always guaranteed, well, if you're a dirty cop, if the union doesn't support you, you will go to jail. We believed in that. Very, very rare. But I'm going to so give you... If you weren't willing to support or defend, yeah. the guy was done. They're done. Whoever they were. They knew that. People, you know, the podcast are getting a hold of me and saying, listen, why don't you tell some stories? Why don't you explain what has happened in the past? Pretty much going on now. I'm going to give you... A, I'm going to tell you the magnitude of things that we deal with. You know, I got 
one day I got home from work. I was running the union. I got home. It was about 6.30. And I get a phone call from a cop where I knew. And I, there was just nothing. I couldn't barely hear him on the phone because there was a lot of traffic in the background. I could hear cars whizzing by. And uh, he gets on the phone, and I, you know, and he's very upset, crying. And he made it clear that he was waiting for the next transport to come by, and he was going to jump in front of it. I said, listen, hold on. Get back in your car. He was outside of his car. And it's on a major highway in the, in the city. And at this point, you're making it up. You just want to get him back in the car. After five minutes, I got him back in the car. Where are you? Now, I had a group of coppers. Let's call them the Black Roses. Both active and retired that would help me out. I learned quickly that we needed our own team of specialists to help us out. Because we were up against it. I get, get a hold of two of my guys. We get over to the scene, find them in the car. I get them in the car and get them back to the association, our building. And we had a bunker in the basement, secure bunker. We could talk because at the time, and this is even before me, we were hearing that the police service was wiretapping our offices. And this is even before I took over. There was concern about it. So we built this bunker, this room. We we're very proactive on that. So through the guys, I call in a couple of, I call in a lawyer. I call in some, a couple of board members and we get this guy in the basement. Like what the fuck is going on? Very emotional. Get him down there. And he's, and, and, and he was part of a group of coppers who were investigated for corruption that were cleared. Not nothing, no charges, no nothing. The complainants, they're actually in the Kingston pen doing serious time. And they, complained about the police and obviously uh got back from us from internal affairs that uh there's credibility problem and they cleared him obviously it hit this copper quite hard but he said there's something else going on and he was panicking he says i think i'm being set up for something else so he said let's look into it we quickly realized because of the line of work he was in and who he was up against very violent people it was either gangsters mob or there was a sting operation going on so one of my lawyers said you know this could be we could be getting set up because they were trying to if you nailed the men in black you you got that was a trophy we got to quickly try to figure out what's going on here we quickly took the route that from what he told us his life was in danger there's something really wrong here we went and hid him we had him under 24 7 surveillance in a hotel till we could get to the bottom of this. This is how far we went. So we locked him up in a hotel to keep an eye on him. We were concerned about him. We couldn't go to anybody at the time. We didn't know what we're up against. So we came up with a plan quickly to say, listen, if this guy feels he's, his life's in danger, he had given us some information. It looked like to us at the time the mob was coming after him. Now, in those days, if a copper was threatened in any way, I and certain people would go and visit people and say, if you target a police officer, we're going to unleash fucking hell. Don't fucking do it. And we had to do that a couple of times. You, 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 I mean, my philosophy was we had the biggest gang out there. You want to play? We'll play. Don't threaten a cop. So we had a history of that leading up to this. And these officers were doing some serious police work in a very violent situation. Good coppers, good coppers. So we ended up 
looking into this and we hit him and then we finally realized he had given us some information. We were interviewing him because we didn't know what was going on at the time. He said he, he won some contest and he was being groomed personally, nothing to do with the job. So he said somebody's befriended him and he gave him a business card. And on the business card, if you rearrange the name, the lettering, it came out to a detective we knew. And on the, on the card was an address of this business. So we went and checked the address. It didn't exist. And then, then we realized this is a sting operation. It's not the mob. But he still felt his life was in danger. We took him to a separate police force to complain and put a threatening occurrence in that he felt threatened for his life. We didn't know what it was. And I did this through the Black Roses. Very legitimately. Within two days, I get a phone call from a detective wanting to know where this guy is. Where is he? We know you have him. And I said, we're not telling you. Long story short, there was a massive sting operation to nail, because they couldn't nail him the first time, to nail him the second time. They brought coppers up from the States. They had this huge sting operation. I don't know what, could have cost a couple million bucks. We thought they were being threatened by organized crime. This is an internal sting operation, and that's how far they're going to fuck somebody, group of good coppers, to fuck them. We made it clear to them, this shit's over. And there's many stories like this that I had, or we had to deal with my board. How far they go to nail what they think would be a dirty cop. And these, at the end of the day, nothing happened. Nobody went to jail. Nothing happened with the investigation. Long story short, went on. Nobody went to jail but ruined a lot of lives, a lot of stress, a contemplation of suicide for nothing. And it was, and we know who the players were. We think he was being targeted at the time by the mob. We thought that that's what this was. So we said, we want to put an official complaint. One of the plans were, if we did that, obviously this officer's name was flagged. So if there was something going on, cloak and dagger, we knew we were going to get a phone call within a day. I didn't know they were going to call and say, where is he? Are you hiding him? I didn't know that was going to happen, but we knew if it was internal, there would be a phone call. I think the first phone call went from the police services lawyer to our lawyer who was involved. He called me and I said, deny. And then I got the phone call. Where is he? And we we said, we're not giving him up. We want you guys investigated. We want this thing opened up. It was a disgrace what you're doing. I don't want to get a phone call with some cop wanting to jump in front of a transport truck at 120 kilometers an hour. It was is that if it was an internal issue, we, we knew we'd get a call within a few days. The other idea was we were telling the other service that our officer, our complainant, can set up a meeting and whoever he meets, get him arrested as a threat, a reverse sting operation. Right. And setting him up. originally wanting to arrest him. So yes. it was a three-way chain of arrests. Yes. So that was the plan. And, you know, he, he felt threatened. So let's go all out. And so we wanted to create a reverse sting operation. And then we got the phone calls. And the, the, the investigation stopped after that. It ended. They didn't and go no any further. And no, nobody no no, got arrested. Not, not on the sting operation, no. And it was a disgusting sting operation. Just brutal. They would never have done this to any small community group or it was just brutal. 
it was brutal how far they went to really a bunch of cops that were doing a job in deplorable situations. The amount of politics involved behind the scenes is pretty deplorable. And I think over the years and up to today, it's weighing on a lot of people. I see it. I read it. You know, Dan is for, and you know this, I've had many deputy chiefs and chiefs come to me up to today and talk about how bad it is, how political it is. My hands are tied. I want to do more. I can't. When you become the chief or the command of any police service, there's only five or seven people that decide your future. That's the police service board. President of the union, I got 8,000 people that are going to decide. So you have to really do and say what they want, the, the civilian masters. And it's getting worse. And it's affecting a lot of coppers. I am getting tired of seeing this. I'm getting tired of not enough action being done to properly protect them. Defunding the police is far from over. It's affecting the officer's safety. And I go back to my point about the internal stress. The stress within the walls of a police station is huge. Our original line about you're going to get screwed. It's going to happen. And we would say that to the recruits. It's going to happen. Some of you in the room, it's going to happen. That's a, that's a fact. That's a reality in life. And we're the only ones you're going to depend on. We're the only ones that are going to help you. And we took it serious. And, you know, before time, we were always, you know, the new recruits were getting in trouble or whatever. And, you know, it's such an oversight profession. It's insane how much oversight there is. It's like insane. Just to, to, to bring it back to uh, two of uh, the trilogy, the city Lumet did, did uh, Serpico with Frank Serpico and the NYPD were outraged and he thought he was doing them a service. So seven years later, he portrayed Danny Ciello in Prince of the City, yeah. thinking he was making up for it and they hated him even more. And those are two classic Oscar nominated films where a lot of the cops, but the second one, a lot of them were dirty, got spit out, got eaten up. Even the one trying to do the right thing was spit out. That happens all the time. And yeah. we don't learn from that. There has to be a stronger stand now because I think it's going to get be, for law enforcement, 2021 is going to be very bad for a lot of the innocent, innocent coppers. Prove me wrong, you know, but a lot of, lot of people have to be taken on. So listen, buddy, that's my rant for the day. I don't know well, if you learned anything. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch Prince of the City again to, to feel better after <laughs> this dire prognosis. Uh, um, we just want to tell the truth. That's all. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, bro. Uh, yeah. And obviously you're coming from a point of authority. You dealt with this stuff and who wants to do that now? Who wants to get in the newspaper? Who's going to pull off this stuff? Well, obviously, obviously nobody, because it ain't happening. It ain't happening. So, listen, buddy, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thanks, Dennis. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.